when all is stripped away. What is left is not what you cling to, nor what you have accomplished, but how you live. This is what we are here to perfect. And so start with wonder, gratitude, patience, humility, courage, kindness, and love. Each moment of your day, you practice. Because the more you do, the more you become rich beyond measure. Amen. Good morning, Stone Village, and happy Sunday. I hope that all of you are well and safe in this world. All is well in my world. The Lord be with you, and let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word through the scripture of this day. Confront us with your claim upon our lives. Clarify the choices we must make if our lives are to have meaning and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so we may know life at its fullest and at its very best. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The reading today is from Luke chapter 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So the master summoned him, the manager, and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give me an account of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as the manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So, summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. The manager said to him, Take your bill, set down quickly, and make it fifty. Then the manager asked another, How much do you owe? The man replied, A hundred containers of wheat. The manager said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. And his master <laughs> commended <laughs> the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. <laughs> For the children of this age are shrewder in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into their eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
from a young age until I graduated from high school, I worked at Wilbarger Pharmacy in Old Hilliard. I was the stock boy, the errand boy, and I delivered prescriptions to shut-ins on my bicycle. Mrs. Wilbarger, Joan, or Joe as I knew her, was passionately concerned about my financial future, saying to me often, John, you must save your pennies for a rainy day. Or, a penny saved is a penny earned. So much talk of pennies. So when I was 11 years old, Joe walked me across the street to Bank One, where I opened my first checking and savings account. Every subsequent week to follow, through high school, when I received my paycheck from the pharmacy, Joe would say to me, you can go across the street and deposit your check now. <laughs> Followed closely by, I do plan on seeing those deposit tickets and balance amounts when you return. <laughs> I know, it was extreme. However, as extreme, invasive as she was, dare I say controlling, I also knew her actions were born of love for me, hope for my future, threading values within me as a boy to shape my life as an adult. Jo gave both her time, her wisdom, and her love generously to me. You might say she gave without counting the cost or considering the bottom line. And so, as I read today's lesson, I thought of Joe and how she would likely respond to today's parable, the parable's call upon our lives. And the call, as I understand it, is to be a squanderer, squanderers of the riches entrusted to us, which I acknowledge goes against most of what we have been taught about our riches and how to care for our riches. And yet the purpose of a parable, in part, is to change the status quo, to see and live life differently. That is the challenge set before the rich man in today's parable, to see and live life differently. The rich man entrusted his wealth to another man, identified as the manager. Or you could think of him as an accountant. Every day the manager chose what he would do with the rich man's wealth, how he would care for it, where and with whom he would invest it. Every day though, rather than invest, the manager chose to squander the wealth entrusted to him, which was not what the rich man expected nor desired for his wealth. So one day the rich man had enough. Charges were brought against the manager. What is this I hear of you? Give me an accounting, he demanded. Like the rich man, we've also been taught to make wise investments. We are to save our pennies for a rainy day, to not let our money burn a hole in our pocket, to not spend it all in one place, 
And always, we should consider the risk versus the potential return, critically weighing the cost and the benefits. The last thing we want to do is squander our wealth. Even worse, have someone else squander our wealth. Now, you might be thinking, John, <laughs> I don't have riches. This parable isn't applicable to me. But I tell you to look again. Because the truth is, every one of you has been entrusted with riches. Money is probably the first thing we think of when we think of wealth. But it is not the only thing that denotes a wealthy life. Our time, our presence, and relationships are riches we all have. Yes? And our ideas, skills, and talents are riches too. Yes? And then there's love mercy, compassion, and forgiveness. Those are riches as well, yes? It seems to me you do, I do, possess great wealth. And every day we must decide how we will spend, how we will invest our wealth. How much will you love? When and under what conditions do you, will you, offer mercy and forgiveness? On whom and how will you spend your time? Are your talents offered to all or withheld from some? The rich man in us wants to protect and grow our riches, which is what we have been taught. <laughs> a penny saved is a penny earned. And there is nothing necessarily wrong or inherently bad about living in such a way. Yet there is a danger. The danger is our riches become ends in themselves. Power to be wielded and idols to be worshipped. Rather than the means to restore life, create new possibilities, and reconcile relationships. The rich man protects and withholds, but the manager, he squanders. Even when he has been caught, he continues to squander. He calls in the master's debtors and begins to forgive debts. How much do you owe my master? He asked. And then he instructs them to reduce the amount. He offers release and freedom from obligations which could never be repaid. He gives the debtors the opportunity for a new life. And due to his squandering, he reconciles the debtors and the rich man. It's all new life, new hope, new possibility. Even after charges have been brought and accounting demanded, and on the precipice of being unemployed, the manager's actions never change. It is the rich man who changes. He now praises the manager. The rich man aligns himself with and approves of the squanderer and of the squandering. From the beginning of this parable to its end, the manager is the squanderer. The manager does this 
not because of who the debtors are, but because of who he is. Now, I opened today's sermon speaking of Joe, and she'd box my ears <laughs> if I called her a squanderer. <laughs> she would. But the truth is, she was a squanderer. She squandered so much love and time and energy, not only on me, but everyone who walked into Wilbarger Pharmacy. And her squandering changed people. Her love, her time, her energy changed you for the better. You felt seen and known and rich in her presence. And for all of her fiscal wisdom and extreme control of my money, <laughs> when it came to matters of the heart, she didn't count the cost. She held nothing back. She squandered it all. I imagine if you reflected on your life, those who have journeyed with you, you would identify a squanderer or two. And so, squander. I'm encouraging you to squander while being fiscally responsible. Yet squander. Squander love on your neighbor, your enemies, and yourself. Squander forgiveness and reconciliation on those who have hurt and betrayed you. Squander your energy in prayer for everyone everywhere. Squander compassion on the poor, the sick, the oppressed, the marginalized. Squander your resources on those who work for justice, peace, and human dignity. I say to you, squander. Squander your life on this world. Hold nothing back. After all, that's what Jesus did. And I believe that you are all here to be like Jesus. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give thanks to God for each of you, and I pray this day you bear witness to the love of God in this world. Bear witness to the love of God so those to whom love is a stranger will find in you a generous and loving friend. In the name of Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. I love you, stoners. I will uh, talk to you soon. Bye.